Hi, listeners. A quick update about the show. Starting in April, Unexplained Mysteries will be airing new episodes once a week, every Tuesday. We're kicking off this new schedule with a month-long special for Earth Day that you do not want to miss. Stay tuned for this and all new episodes every Tuesday, right here on Unexplained Mysteries. Hello, listeners. This week on March 20th, the world celebrated International Astrology Day. And whether you're a believer or a skeptic, you can't deny there's something mysterious about the stars. So we're continuing our exploration of the power of the horoscope. One day in the 1980s, an airplane sat idling on a tarmac. The vehicle was fueled, the crew was on standby, everything was ready except for the passenger. Not far from the aircraft, U.S. President Ronald Reagan was on the phone consulting with an expert to determine if he was safe to take off. At the other end of the line was Joan Quigley. She assessed the risks of an accident, an attack, or anything else that could go wrong, then gave Reagan the all clear. Satisfied with her answer, the president boarded Air Force One and took off. Now, Quigley wasn't an intelligence agent or a member of the Secret Service, and her conclusions weren't based on jet schematics or FBI reports. She was an astrologer, and she was advising the president based on his star charts. Reagan relied on people like Quigley to help him make all his major decisions. And for years, he kept their advice a secret. He could only imagine how the opposition would mock him if they knew his presidency was based in astrology. And he was right to be concerned. Once the news leaked, he and Quigley became a laughingstock. The press and other politicians quipped that his policies were little more than a collection of horoscope lines. All their jokes hinged on the same assumption. Astrology is hogwash, and Reagan was a fool to believe in it. But that may not be the case, because some evidence, including scientific studies, suggests there's far more to the practice than meets the eye. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. This is our second episode in honor of International Astrology Day, where we'll try to determine if the stars really influence our destiny. Last time, we explored the origins of the zodiac in ancient Babylon and the ways it proliferated through Europe and Asia. We also touched on the mechanics of horoscopes, which, as it turns out, involves more than just your sun sign. Today, we'll pour through research and scientific studies that have tried to demystify astrology. We'll see where the data leads, 
and examine how exactly the stars might influence our fate. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Around the 1940s, psychologist Bertram Forer was out at a nightclub when a stranger struck up a conversation. The man introduced himself, and soon Forer learned he was a handwriting analyst. The stranger insisted he could determine details about Forer's personality based on the way he dotted his I's and crossed his T's. Well, not quite. The analyst explained that the key was examining patterns in the way people wrote. He could determine someone's traits by looking at the size and spacing of their letters, the slant of their words, the number of upward and downward strokes they used, and so on. Forer was skeptical, and for good reason. This kind of handwriting analysis, called graphology, is widely considered a pseudoscience. Many researchers, including Forer, maintain you can't tell anything meaningful about a person just from their penmanship. But even though Forer insisted he didn't believe in the practice, the graphologist wouldn't let up. And soon, they launched into a friendly debate. The graphologist argued that of course handwriting analysis was real. He could prove it by introducing Forer to his many satisfied customers. They'd all agree his readings were completely accurate. Forer shot back that he bet the analyst could be just as accurate examining handwriting blindfolded. Presumably, this insult ended the conversation, and both men went their separate ways. But their debate had sparked an idea. Forer did believe the graphologist, at least the part about having happy clients. But that didn't prove he had any special insight, just that his patrons thought he did. After all, people believe in all sorts of unscientific ideas, graphology, palm readings, and astrology. But Forer wondered why people clung to such dubious practices, especially those that supposedly revealed special insights into someone's personality. He figured something psychological was at play, he just didn't know what it was. Forer mulled this over for years. Then, in 1948, while teaching an introductory psychology class, he had an idea. He had 39 students in the course, enough to run an experiment. So he decided to test their beliefs in pseudoscience. 
he had them fill out a personality survey and assured them that, a week later, he'd provide each participant with their results. They'd include a short, typed analysis of their traits. As promised, one week later, the students opened their personalized descriptions. One read, quote, You have a great need for other people to like and admire you. You have a tendency to be critical of yourself. Disciplined and self-controlled outside, you tend to be worrisome and insecure inside. Another said the same thing. It was word for word identical. They all were. He gave the same report to everyone. Forer never actually compiled profiles for his students. He only told them he had. In reality, he'd pulled key phrases from various horoscopes and assembled them into one generalized result. After each participant received their results, Forer asked them how accurate their descriptions were. And even though every student received a generic profile, almost all of them rated theirs as highly accurate. On a scale of 0 to 5, the profile averaged 4.26 overall. In other words, participants thought the results offered a unique insight into their personalities, even though there was nothing individualized about them. This phenomenon is now known as the Forer Effect. It suggests that it's very easy, human nature even, to see ourselves in broad, generalized statements that apply to most people. We all want to be liked and admired. We can all be critical of ourselves. And we all grapple with worries we don't always show. Nothing about Forer's classroom profile was particularly special. But if someone told you these phrases were from a personalized analysis of your mindset, odds are you'd believe the description was all about you. Most of Forer's students did. Which brings us back to astrology. Most skeptics think that the Forer effect is the reason why so many people believe their horoscope. You could read your fortune in the newspaper or get a detailed star chart written up but the text will likely contain generalities that apply to many people much of the time. If your sign is Virgo, you might know you're supposed to be a perfectionist, a good friend, and a little judgmental. But Virgos don't have the market cornered on those traits. We can all have perfectionist streaks and treat our friends well, hopefully. And we all, unfortunately, can have judgmental streaks. Other research has supported this skepticism. Take, for instance, one 1980s study done by UC Berkeley's Sean Carlson. Carlson asked 30 professional astrologers to read the star charts for 116 strangers they'd never met. One by one, he let the astrologers study a star chart, then gave them three people's results from a psychological personality test. He then asked the experts to select the profile that matched the astral arrangement they'd just seen. The participants selected the right person about a third of the time. The same success rate they'd get if they were picking completely at random. Carlson figured astrologers have better results in the real world because they have more than just natal charts to go off of. They usually meet their clients face-to-face -face and can interpret body language, vocal tone, and other factors to gauge if their readings are on the right track. 
But this didn't mean horoscopes were real, just that practitioners were really good at nonverbal communication. Additionally, in 2000, University of Wisconsin psychologist Margaret Hamilton found people are more inclined to believe text that contains good news. And in general, newspaper horoscopes tend to focus more on the positives. In other words, we may believe in astrology not because it's accurate, but because we want it to be. Sounds like the scientific community is in agreement. Astrology doesn't have any real power, and we have the data to prove it. Not so fast, because Zodiac experts have critiqued those findings. Take horoscope writer Shelley von Strunkel. In a 2016 Smithsonian article, she observed these studies were conducted by scientists who don't quite understand the nuances of the Zodiac. And like with any subject, if researchers don't fully grasp what they're testing, their conclusions are probably less credible. As she put it, quote, It's like saying, I'm going to cook this great French meal. I've got this great cookbook in French, but I don't speak French. If you end up bungling the recipe, it's not the cookbook's fault. Right. In short, researchers shouldn't claim to debunk what they don't fully understand, because ultimately, they'll overlook something. Take the Forer effect. People may project significance onto vague, nonspecific personality profiles, but it doesn't mean the readings are always wrong. Something very general can still be a fact. And just because you want to hear good news, that doesn't change whether said news is true. Carlson's findings where astrologers couldn't match personality profiles with birth charts are harder to explain away. But a follow-up study argued statistical errors were made when tallying the results. This suggested the astrologers were right more often than Carlson said. Not enough to prove the Zodiac is credible, but enough to leave some room for debate. So while the evidence might seem damning at first, it's actually inconclusive. We may not be able to test the legitimacy of horoscopes until we can find scientists who believe in, or at the very least, understand astrology. Until then, we'll have to take the existing research with a grain of salt, which is unfortunate, because if we could scientifically prove astrology's accuracy, it could help us solve serious problems. Imagine a world where officials could examine star charts to determine future civic leaders, make our workplaces safer, or solve violent crimes. Which is not too far-fetched, because as it turns out, astrology might help predict homicides. Coming up, the signs that might make someone a serial killer. 60 years after the release of their first studio album, the Beatles fan base has never been greater or more curious. Hi, it's Carter. Right now on Conspiracy Theories, dive into the magical mystery surrounding the Fab Four in a three-part special called Beatlemania. Sex, drugs, death, and more death. The history of the Beatles and their fab fandom is rife with conjecture. And we're taking on the hits. Was Paul replaced by a lookalike? Did Yoko incite the band's demise? And are there really any hidden messages in their lyrics? So many conspiracies, so little time. 
Before Swifties, before the Beehive, there was Beatlemania. Catch this three-part special now by following the Spotify original from ParCast, Conspiracy Theories. Listen free only on Spotify. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Now, back to the story. Some people have Mars rising or Mars ascendant on their birth charts. This means the planet Mars was right on the horizon at the exact time they were born. If your rising or ascendant sign is in Mars, you might be confident, aggressive, or a natural-born leader who does what has to be done. You're also more likely to become a professional athlete, at least according to one study. That conclusion comes from the 1955 research of astrologer Michel Gauclin. That year, he'd made star charts for several prominent French celebrities when he noticed professional sports competitors had rising or ascendant Mars signs at a higher rate than others. His conclusion? Clearly, the red planet set all those athletes on the path to success. In fairness, Gauclin's research has drawn a lot of criticism. His study is hardly definitive. But plenty of other data seems to support the idea that your horoscope can influence your personality traits or help determine your profession. I've chatted with some of the other hosts here at ParCast and found almost all of us have birthdays around the same week, meaning we have similar signs. But this doesn't just apply to podcast hosts. It seems some planetary alignments might make you more likely to be a Supreme Court justice or a serial killer. Astrologers have studied the birth charts of several murderers and noticed some similarities. But to understand their findings, we have to delve into the nitty-gritty of how horoscopes work. You may already know the 12 signs, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, and so on. Well, they can be divided into three groups, each of which contains four zodiac constellations. So-called cardinal signs occur at the beginning of each season, so the first constellation of spring, summer, fall, or winter. Fixed signs happen in the middle of the season, and mutable signs at the end. Gemini closes out the spring, Virgo wraps up summer, Sagittarius marks the end of fall, and Pisces the winter. As it turns out, some of history's most notorious serial killers had mutable signs in their birth charts. Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, and John Wayne Gacy were all born with the sun in a mutable constellation. Bundy and Gacy had mutable moon and rising signs, too. Now, if you're familiar with astrology, you might be surprised by this correlation. After all, if you were to guess which sign is most violent, you'd likely go with Scorpios, even though they're not a mutable sign. People with this sun sign are thought to be calculating, ambitious, controlling, and presumed to have bad tempers. Thanks a lot, Richard. You know what? I just own my Scorpio ambition. Yeah. Of course, everyone has free will. You don't have to behave in the way your sign suggests. 
I don't think you act like a stereotypical Scorpio, Molly. Plus, there are the other constellations that correlate with violent, homicidal tendencies, not just mutable ones. All right, I'm feeling better now. One study found almost 40% of all known serial killers are either a Scorpio, Cancer, Pisces, or Sagittarius. But only the last two are mutable. But as we discussed last time, your sun sign only correlates with one part of your personality. So some astrologers also look to where the planets are in relation to one another. They can calculate the angle between, say, the Moon and Mars, and determine whether those planets are in harmony or discord. Many serial killers have planets at an unfavorable angle with Pluto, which is said to rule over death and psychology. In other words, their horoscopes suggest their mental health and relationships with mortality aren't great. Mutable signs, planetary angles, that's a lot of factors to consider. But let's take a critical look at these trends. Yes, 40% of known serial murderers are Cancer, Pisces, Sagittarius, and Scorpio. But so is 34% of the U.S. population. In other words, being a Scorpio may not make you more violent, which is good. It's just that there are a lot of Scorpios out there. Naturally, a few people with that zodiac will end up being murderers. It's a statistical certainty. Maybe. Or perhaps your birth chart really can set you on a path to becoming a serial killer. As we said before, there isn't a study out there that definitively disproves astrology. The evidence, at best, is inconclusive. But what we lack in laboratory findings, we can make up for with consensus. Zodiac readings are very popular. In 1999, about 12% of Americans read their horoscopes every day, or nearly every day. Since then, the number has almost doubled to 23%. About the same percentage of people say they believe astrology is real, and roughly a third say it's at least somewhat scientific. That many people can't be wrong, can they? According to some astronomers, they are. In fact, they argue the entire field of astrology is based on a misunderstanding. Apparently, the astrological positions of the planets don't match their actual locations in space. To unpack these allegations, we must go back to the world's first astrologers, the ancient Babylonians. Around 600 BC, the Babylonians noticed a stream of stars that took about a year to cycle through the sky. As we discussed last time, within those stars, they identified at least 17 different constellations, which make up the zodiac. Except modern astrology doesn't use 17 signs. At some point, the 17 constellation zodiac was whittled down to 12 which means five were dropped somewhere along the way. The number 12 had special significance in Babylonian culture. It's why, to this day, we have 60 seconds in a minute and 60 minutes in an hour, because 60 is a multiple of 12. Our entire way of keeping time is essentially derived from Babylonian mathematics. So when they mapped out the sky, the early astronomers drew imaginary boundaries between each sign. 
That way, the cosmos would be divided evenly between the twelve. They then dropped whatever spare constellations were left over. Let's say your birthday is December 5th. Traditional wisdom says you're a Sagittarius, since that sun sign represents everyone who was born between November 22nd and December 21st. But if you look at the arrangement of the stars on the 5th of December, you'll notice the sun isn't in the Sagittarius constellation. It's in Ophiuchus, which isn't even part of the current astrological zodiac. So, while you might have been born with the sun in Ophiuchus, you're still a Sagittarius because the archer rules parts of the sky he doesn't actually appear in. And that can apply to a lot of signs. In fact, many people's astrological configurations don't align with the actual cosmos. And the five missing constellations aren't the only reason why. Another discovery made centuries ago could have something to do with it, and it may change everything we know about horoscopes. Coming up, can the Earth's tilt influence your sign? The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Now, back to the story. When they first constructed the Zodiac, the ancient Babylonians left out five constellations, meaning that whatever you think your horoscope sign is, it's very possible it's actually a sign you've never heard about. And that's not the only miscalculation in astrology. There's another major factor that prevents the cosmos from lining up with your horoscope. It's called precession. That may sound like a complicated term, but explaining it is child's play. Imagine you're spinning a toy top. It whirls around for a while, then as it loses momentum, it starts to wobble. And eventually, it tips so far, it ends up tumbling to a stop. Our world rotates similarly, but thankfully, we're not in any danger of our planet tipping over. However, we are slowly shifting enough to alter the way the night skies look from the Earth's surface. It takes 25,800 years to teeter just once. 
This means you likely won't see the shift with your bare eyes, even if you stargaze every night for decades. But it's been almost three millennia since the Babylonians first started tracking the Ark of the Zodiac. During that time, our precession has been dramatic enough that many star signs have shifted over a full month. For example, if you're born on November 8th, you should be a Scorpio. That's the sign for the last week of October and most of November. But if you look at the stars during that period, you'll find the skies are actually ruled by Libra. Astronomically speaking, now Scorpio season doesn't really begin until November 23rd, right when your horoscope says it should be over. Everything has shifted. So between precession and those five missing constellations we discussed earlier, it seems a planet's real position has nothing to do with astrological star charts. This means you might be a Libra instead, Molly. Well, not actually. Horoscope experts have known about precession for over a millennium, and they've decided it doesn't matter. Astrologer Holiday Mathis argues it's not that important to map exactly what the stars look like as the Earth rotates. Instead, we should focus more on the messaging than the minutia and take whatever resonates to heart. While that may seem wishy-washy, plenty of people have found abundant meaning in their horoscopes. Like me. And me. Now, it's possible astrology is authentic, not because the stars have some kind of influence over us, but because people like us believe in it. The idea is, if you have a general sense of what the future might hold, you may change your behavior in a way that makes a prediction more likely to come true. Essentially, a self-fulfilling prophecy. For example, in China, about 82% of people say they believe in astrology, according to one study. Many Chinese people consider their horoscopes when they make major life decisions related to their romantic relationships or jobs. As we discussed last time, the Eastern Zodiac is based on birth year, and tradition dictates people with certain signs, like the year of the horse, tend to have better personal qualities or better lives than others. By comparison, it's generally considered bad news if you're born in the year of the sheep. Popular wisdom says nine out of ten people under this sign have unhappy lives. Many Chinese families intentionally hold off on having children during unfavorable years. Conversely, a lot of couples try to time pregnancies to good years, like that of the horse. In late 2014, several Chinese provinces reported sharp spikes in the number of babies they delivered because couples were hurrying to go into labor while the equine constellation ruled the skies. In practice, that means pregnancies in years with positive attributes are more likely to be planned, while those in negative years might not be. After all, who would try to give birth under an unlucky sign? Studies from all over the world show children who are unplanned are more likely to have poor mental and physical health, worse educational outcomes, and fewer professional opportunities. So ultimately, children born in the year of the horse may overall be more successful. And those born in the year of the sheep might struggle more, 
economically, professionally, and personally. It's exactly like astrology predicts, but that doesn't mean the stars are controlling these people's lives. Instead, they're under the influence of socioeconomic factors. That's a pretty extreme example, but our horoscopes can guide us toward other decisions too. If you're single and your reading for the day says you'll meet a new lover, you might go out into the world primed to find your soulmate. You may be more open to chatting with an attractive stranger you'd otherwise brush off. But if you set up a date, was it because of destiny or just because you followed the advice in a newspaper column? Or maybe it doesn't matter. Horoscopes could come true thanks to fate, a coincidence, or a psychological trick. Either way, many people see astrology as a bit of harmless fun. It's great if it can guide you to live a better life, but even if it's all nonsense, it ultimately doesn't hurt anyone. At least not directly, but there's one more study we haven't discussed yet, one that found a pretty strong connection between a belief in the zodiac and harmful political ideologies. In the 1950s, German researcher Theodor Adorno conducted numerous studies on astrology and those who believe in it. Adorno didn't count himself among the faithful. He thought horoscopes were irrational and dubbed believers, quote, dunces. So he's not the most empathetic researcher, but his experiments still provided a lot of helpful information about human psychology and why so many people trust horoscopes. Specifically, Adorno concluded people who believe in astrology are more likely to have authoritarian personalities. Generally, authoritarianism refers to the belief that people should submit to whomever is in charge, regardless of what the leader does or says. And politically speaking, it's regarded as undemocratic and hostile to progress and social change. In your personal life, an authoritarian outlook can poison your relationships, harm the people around you, or stifle your creativity, at least according to Adorno. His reasoning was, if you're always submitting to some higher power, be it a government leader, a religious institution, or the stars, you'll eventually lose sight of the important people and ideas in front of you. Of course, that assumes you accept Adorno's findings at face value. And plenty of social scientists don't. Critics say Adorno's conclusions hinge on the idea that some people have exclusively authoritarian personalities, as if your political beliefs don't change or evolve. But in reality, many factors can influence people over time, like culture, education, or economic class. Your inclinations and opinions can evolve. No one has to be permanently authoritarian. So if you believe in horoscopes, that doesn't necessarily mean you'll kowtow to tyrannical bosses or vote for dictators. It just means you're open to the idea of some higher power. And ideally, that entity wants you to live your best life. And maybe we all need something to believe in. Some think spirituality is hardwired into human beings. We might have a deep psychological need for faith. 
While some of us can scratch that itch through religion, others might turn to New Age philosophy or astrology to connect to the divine. So it might not matter that horoscopes are real. People find meaning in them, and for many of us, that's enough. I'll tell you, I was clumsy as a child, a total klutz. At times, I felt like the physical world and I just didn't get along. So I clung to any sign that suggested there was something more to reality. That meant I was drawn to everything mystical, including astrology. I think so long as you're not letting your belief in the stars make you fearful, that's fine. Exactly. Maybe the most powerful aspect of astrology is that it's fun. That's one of the guiding principles of my life. I like to do fun things. There are certainly worse values to have. And at the end of the day, we're all going to live the lives we're meant to live. Only you can decide if things unfold as a result of all the free choices you make or because your fate is written in the stars. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back next time with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive produced by Max Cutler. Our head of programming is Julian Boireau. Our supervising sound designer is Russell Nash, with Nick Johnson as our head of production and quality control by Lisa Marie Gallegos. Allie Wicker is our supervising editor, and Derek Jennings is our writing lead. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Angela Jorgensen, edited by Wendelin Sobroso and Alex Garland, fact-checked by Catherine Barner, researched by Chelsea Wood, recorded by Alex Button, produced by Bruce Katovich, and sound designed by Anthony Valsic. Our hosts are Molly Brandenburg and me, Richard Rossner. <laughs>